was her husband's name, a man of standing whose name was Boaz, man of a good reputation. And Ruth, the Moabites, Naomi's daughter-in-law, said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Now, this is an incredible statement here. According to Jewish law, Leviticus 19 and Leviticus 23, the landowners were supposed to leave a little bit of grain in the fields after they harvest so that poor people could go and find food for themselves. So Ruth is becoming, you know, Jewish in her religion, following the Lord God. She's aware of this law, so she's going to go to a field. Now, as a foreigner, she's trying to find a place that's going to do two different things for her. First of all, she wants to find a safe place because she's a foreigner. She doesn't know anybody there. There's the little town of Bethlehem. We sing a song about it, the little town of Bethlehem. And then it's up on a hill. Then there's fields all surrounding it. She's trying to find a field, first of all, where she'll be welcome. Because sometimes foreigners were not welcome. Also, she wants a field where she will be safe. There's harvesters. There's men working in this field. She's a young lady. And it's very, very uh, high potential that she could not be in a safe place. She could be attacked. She could be assaulted. Different things. Those things happened then just like they happen today. She's looking for a place with permission, a place that's safe. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. He was a family member. This was a much better chance of permission to glean there and a much better chance of safety. Verse 4. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem, and he greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. This was a spiritual greeting. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, Whose young woman is this? The foreman replied, She is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. The foreman answered, She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. This is huge. This is a huge statement. You're welcome here. You will be safe here. Verse 9. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. Protection for her. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars that the men have filled. You are welcome here. At this she bowed down with her face to the ground, and she exclaimed, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told about what you've done for your mother-in-law since you left, since the death of your husband. How you left your father and mother in your homeland and came to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you. That's a blessing for what you have done. May, he, may you be richly rewarded by the Lord. That's a double blessing. The God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Uh, did you notice there that last week we said that uh, when you show loyalty, you gain a good reputation. She had gained a good reputation 
for her loyalty. Verse 13. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant. Though I, though I, I do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. I'm, she said, I'm, your servant girls are low, but I'm even lower. I'm a nobody. Verse 14. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread, and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she had wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather, pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up. And don't rebuke her. He was looking out for her. He was preserving her dignity. Even though she was essentially a beggar, he was elevating her status. So Ruth gleaned in the fields until evening. She worked hard all day. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. You might say, what is threshing the barley? What does that even mean? Well, as you, can, as you gather all these stalks of barley, there's the, the branches that they're on growing from the ground. They cut them down. You pick up the leftovers, and then they go to what's called a threshing floor. It's a big rock on a higher place. And then you pound those out, beating the stalks, breaking the grain free. Then you take a winnowing fork and you throw the stalks and the grain up in the air. And then the wind blowing over the hill blows the chaff away, the leftover stalks that are lighter. But the heavier grains fall back to the ground. And then you can gather those up. She gathered what's called an uffa, and that is about a half a bushel or 30 pounds of grain that she harvested in that day. Verse 18, she carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out uh, and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. So she had taken some of that leftover roasted grain and brought it back to her mother-in-law. Verse 19, her mother-in-law Naomi asked her, Where'd you glean today? Where'd you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. And you might say, what is that? We're going to get into that more next week. We'll explain what a kinsman redeemer is. Verse 21, then Ruth the Moabitess said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It will be good for you, my daughter, to go with his girls, because in someone else's field you might be harmed, but here you have safety. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. And like I mentioned several times, uh, we see righteousness here in, in Naomi, or I'm sorry, in Ruth, righteousness in Boaz, and always in our Lord God. We're going to look at this righteousness first at Ruth. And let me just, I made a mistake in my message this week. I was preparing this week, put together the outline, put together the slideshow, and then this morning around 7.30, I'm going over my message, and I'm like, I missed something. I missed a piece of righteousness of Naomi. So I want to give it to you on the side before we go to the first one. Or I'm sorry, in Ruth. 
Uh, Ruth was humble. It's not in your outline, but if you want to write it down, you can. There's humility here. She went to work in a field. She went to serve in verse 3. And then in verse 13, when she bowed down low before Boaz, that was a sign of humility. When she said that I am lower than the servant girls, you see, the lowest of the low were the servants. They had to wash people's feet, a dirty job. Even lower than servants were servant girls because women were considered second class. But, and so she was saying, I'm even lower than the servant girls. This is an act of humility. Humility is righteous. It's the right thing. Pride and arrogance is unrighteous. Just wanted to throw that in there. I missed that in my studies and prep this week, but noticed it this morning. Didn't have enough time to reprint these programs this morning. But we see an act of righteousness on Ruth's part was her work ethic. In verse 7, we saw that she gleaned behind the harvesters. She worked steady all day long. She took a short rest. We see that she, in verse 17, she gleaned the fields till evening. She threshed. Imagine, all day you're picking these things up, then you're beating them out, and then 30 pounds. That's a lot of grain. That's a lot of grain carrying 30 pounds around. We just worked at our house putting in 140 pavers for a walkway out front of our new house. Those pavers were 20 pounds each. Can you imagine carrying 30 pounds? And remember, those fields were, 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 where the, she would have gleaned from were down in the valleys, and they would have walked back up to Bethlehem carrying 30 pounds with her. That's a work ethic there when she did that. Hard work, a strong, healthy work ethic. It's not only admirable, it not only will earn you a good reputation, but it's right. It's the right thing to do. It's a sign of, of righteousness, having a work ethic. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. Your work ethic, your given your, your best, is the right thing. It's, it's righteous. Colossians 3.23 says that whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Do it as unto Him. Uh, I've done too many fundraisers in my life uh, for youth group missions trips. I've taken youth groups on missions trips for for, uh, many, many years. And we would sell pizzas. We would sell sub sandwiches. We would sell hamburgers. And I remember one time we were... We were making sub sandwiches. The youth group sold about 500 of these sandwiches. They took orders. We got all the fixings. And now we're putting the sandwiches together. Cut the bread. Open the bread. Put the meat down. Put the cheese down. Put the lettuce in there. Fold it back up. Put it in a plastic bag. Spin it. Tie it. Put it in a stack. And as we were doing this, as sometimes teenagers will do, they got a little sloppy with it. And I'm like, listen, man, people are paying for these sandwiches. We don't just want customers. We want repeat customers. But even above and beyond the customers, the customer isn't first. God's first. We're supposed to work as unto the Lord. Make that sandwich as if you were making God's sandwich. And so put that meat in there. Put that cheese. Put that lettuce. Open that bun. Not hastily, but with care, as if you were going to present that to God. Here, God, enjoy your sandwich. Anybody ever see the movie The Blues Brothers? I'm on a mission from God. So one of our guys in the youth group kept saying, we're making sandwiches for God. 
making sandwiches for God. Uh, I was saying that we put these pavers out. So last weekend, a week ago yesterday, uh, had bought 140 of these 20-pound pavers, brought them to the house. Bought 50 bags of sand that were 50 pounds each, 2,500 bags of sand. Um, I only have a half-ton pickup, so that thing was down with all that sand on that pickup. Last weekend, took all that sand, pouring sand, laid 110 of those 140 pavers. I was whipped by the end of the day. When Stacy wanted this walkway, I said, Honey, if I'm going to do this thing, I just want you to know I'm an amateur. I'm afraid it's going to look like an amateur did it. So I'm down on my hands and knees, dumping sand, smoothing the sand out, trying to have a level on there, trying to put the blocks, level the blocks. Got done, and it looked like crap. It looked not just like an amateur, like an amateur who couldn't see, a blind amateur put it in there, and it sat there all week. And so yesterday I was going to finish the last 30, last 30 blocks, and I'm like, this looks like garbage. looks like crap. And I'm going to sit in my desk looking out at that all day. That's where that, that walkway goes, right in front of me. People are going to come here. They're going to say, who put this thing in? This looks like garbage. But even beyond that, as I'm looking at it yesterday, I'm thinking, this is God's sidewalk. Am I going to work and just do the easy way? Or am I going to make it as unto the Lord? So you know what I did yesterday? Pulled up all those 110 stinking blocks. Pulled them all up. Josh had to go buy 20-some more bags of sand. And we just figured out the right way to do it, to level everything. And it looks a lot better today. The Polish way of doing it is sometimes do it twice when you don't have to. But working as unto the Lord is righteousness. Laziness is unrighteousness. Giving it half an effort is unrighteousness. Doing your best is what's right. So young people, we just had everybody come up last week and prayed for all of our young people, all of our teachers, all of our school workers going back to school last week and this week. When you go to school, young people, do your best with your schoolwork. And maybe your best is B-level work. Maybe your best is C-level work. Right, Rich, you and me? (laughs) But do your best. Young people, when you've got chores at home, do your best with those chores. Don't wait to be reminded of them. Go do them. And do your best. Don't hurry through them so you can get to whatever. Do it right. Do your best. Not only does that earn you a good reputation, but that's righteous. That's what is right. Most kids either have a room or share a room. Take care of your room. Don't leave it a mess. Make your stinking bed. Do your best. As if you were a guest at God's house. Don't leave your crap laying around. Adults, in the jobs that we have, do we have a good attitude even in a dirty job? Do you give an honest day's work? Even if you don't get an honest day's wage, do you give an honest day's work? Don't steal your boss's time or their supplies. There's a, uh, back in Montana where we live, they have a a fire station there and a fire chief at the fire station. And when the work was slow, waiting for a call to come in, he took the employees that worked for him to his house and they did some work for him at his house 
while they were being paid by the village. He lost his job because he was stealing time from the company. I know in churches, I've been on staff at a church before, where somebody, a new pastor moved in, everybody, hey, we're going to leave work during work hours and help them move in. I'm like, ah, we're not being paid by the church to move somebody. We can do that after work, after work hours, on our jobs, having a work ethic honors God. It's righteousness. I know a pastor who travels a bit, and whenever he's in an airport bathroom, he looks, and if there's trash on the floor, he picks it up, throws it in the trash can there. It's part of work ethic, part of righteousness. A strong work ethic, like Ruth, is righteousness. Well, let's, let's move on to Boaz. I know we don't have all day here, so I want to keep moving. Move on to Boaz. We see him uh, live righteously three different ways. First, by his protection. He protected the weak. In verse 9, he told the men, don't touch Ruth. In verse 22, uh, Naomi said, in someone else's field, you might be harmed. And this was a real danger at this time. Sexual predators were just as real then as they are now. And that's what the danger was. And Boaz was protecting her from that. just want you to know that, that the, the people who work and serve here with our kids will have background checks. Um, Christine and Stacy both have state and federal background checks working with, with our kids. Why? Because we offer protection. No one who works with a child will ever be alone with that child or with the opposite gender because we have rules of protection. In our homes, men, husbands, dads, one of our tasks from God is to protect our wife, our kids, our families. It's not just heinous. It is doubly heinous when men abuse their spouse, their kids, or others. We're supposed to use our strength to protect others, not harm others. That's unrighteous. That's wicked. Cannot happen in the home. Cannot happen at church. God's given us strength, men, to protect other people, not to harm other people. I don't remember if I told this story here or not. Um, back when Josh was little, and, and Drew was a little bit bigger than him, um, we had a sandbox, big sandbox, playground, a little or play swing and stuff in our yard at our home in Montana. And, and we were out there, and I heard... I don't remember what I heard, but I went outside, and there's Josh, and a couple of Drew's friends had Josh by the arms and by the feet, and they were swinging him like he was a, like a, I don't know what they thought he was, if they thought he was a a hammock or what. And so I came out, and I said, put him down. He's not a toy for you to play with. I told Drew, I said, Drew, if either of these guys ever do something like that to your brother again, I want you to go and punch him in the face as hard as you can. And it's like, Drew's like, all right, I got the green light. I can do that now. We don't use our strength to hurt other people, but we use our strength to protect other people. And that's righteousness. And not just physical protection, but spiritual protection too. We want to protect against Satan and against sin for people in our care. 
We want to keep our homes spiritually protected by three P words. First of all, by prayer. Pray in our homes. Pray with our families. Pray against the enemy. Second thing is, second P word is peace. Peace in the home, not violence, not, not animosity, but peace in the home. Not raising our voice and lording it over people, but true peace in our home. Uh, so prayer, peace, and by purity in the home. Guarding what comes in on the Internet, what's looked at on the phones, what comes through the TV or any publications or, or magazines or things. Protect. As disciples of Christ, we protect the weak, like Boaz did. And like Boaz, we also show hospitality. He provided for the needy. In verse 9, he told Ruth to follow after the other girls in the field. Drink from the water jars the men have filled. That's hospitality. In verse 14, eat our food, dip bread in the wine vinegar, eat the roasted grain. She ate all she wanted. That was hospitality. That is what is right. That is righteousness. That is God's plan to show hospitality and provide for the needy. I did some research, and six different times in the New Testament, we are commanded to show hospitality. 1 Timothy 3.2, 1 Timothy 5.10, Romans 12.13, Titus 1.8, Hebrews 13.2, 1 Peter 4.9, show hospitality. And then I studied six more times the virtue, the righteousness of meeting people's needs is demonstrated in the New Testament. That's what's right. That's what's righteous. And we want to be known here at Freedom as a church that practices genuine hospitality. We're glad to see each other. We miss each other. Katie and Dante, we missed you guys. We know that with a newborn baby, you've got to be home and build up his immune system. But we missed you guys. We miss each other. We welcome each other. We're warm with each other. We have that kind of hospitality. What happened here is Boaz went to the field, and he opened his eyes, and he noticed Ruth. He didn't come in crunching numbers, making sure that the guys had enough sheaves in for the day. He noticed Ruth. She was new. She was needy. He was righteous and showed hospitality. When we come together, let's keep our eyes open. Welcome people. Reach out to people, to all people. She was a foreigner, and he welcomed her. And one of the things I love about freedom is no matter what nationality you are, if you are Puerto Rican, if you are African American, if you are Korean, if you are Anglo, whatever nationality and any more, you're welcome here. And we have our eyes open to welcome each other. Boaz displayed righteousness by protecting, by hospitality, and also by encouragement. He proclaimed life-giving words to Ruth. In verse 4, Boaz greeted his harvesters with, The Lord be with you. And that little statement was ended with an exclamation point. And I was looking in the, the Hebrew about that, and what it was saying was this is, this is a vigorous welcome. It wasn't just passing by, hey, how you doing? Hi, how are you? It was, hey, the Lord be with you. That's a vigorous greeting, a spiritual greeting. And in verse 13, it says that he spoke kindly to Ruth. And that's righteousness. Speaking kindly, life-giving words, encouragement. And you think about our world today, there's, there's so much criticism, so much harshness. 
so much crassness and vulgarity. That's unrighteousness. Now, if we were to look, you know, in, in politics today, it's always critical and negative about the other person. It's all about getting power and money and riches for yourself. Now, if you were to just to look at the accomplishments of our president, President Trump, he's done some great things uh, fiscally for this for this country. Done some great things foreign policy for this country. But the dude's got to get off Twitter. He's got to stop that because that that those those negative criticizing words are, are taken away and undermining some of the other things. So before you tweet something, think about it. Show restraint on Facebook when you're responding to somebody else's post. Or better yet, I've learned to just not respond. <laughs> just keep it to myself. And you know, you know what? That's righteousness. Be a breath of fresh air with your words and with your tone. Speak with a gentle, kind, encouraging tone. We want to keep complimenting each other, but not phony compliments, but genuine encouragement, kind words, be a blessing and bless other people. That's righteousness. That is uh, what a disciple does. So that's, that's what Ruth did, righteousness. Boaz did righteousness. Let's, let's get a look at God. He's the embodiment of righteousness. And in Ruth 2, we see God demonstrate and display true righteousness. First of all, by giving rewards. Verse 12, Boaz said, May the Lord repay you and richly reward you for what we've done. This is a real this is a real deal here. The truth that God gives rewards, you know. Now listen, sometimes we're rewarded for our righteousness right now on planet Earth on this side of eternity, but not often. Sometimes we're rewarded now, but not often. It's true. Bad deeds do go unpunished, don't they, in this world? There's not complete justice in this world. Bad deeds go, do go unpunished. And also, good deeds do go unnoticed. Don't get rewarded for them in this world. But God does notice. You will be rewarded on the other side, in heaven, we gain eternal rewards. The righteous things that we do now won't get us into heaven. Only Christ can do that through forgiveness by us putting our faith in Him. But they will be rewarded later. So don't lose heart. Don't grow weary of doing good. For at the proper time you will reap a harvest. You will be rewarded by our righteous God. We also see in Ruth 2 the righteousness of God in his strength as a refuge. Verse 12 said that Ruth had taken refuge under the Lord's wings, under the Lord's care and protection. The Lord God Almighty was Ruth's buffer from adversity, and she had faced adversity in her life. He was her defender from trouble and from troublemakers. Now, I love this word picture here where it says that the Lord is a refuge. There's two different meanings to this, to this word. The first one is, is the word picture of a mother bird covering her chicks in a rainstorm. Have you ever seen that happen before? I don't know if you remember this. When Drew was a little boy, Mackenzie was a little girl, I was putting in a fence in the backyard of this house that we rented to keep protecting our kids from cars in other driveways. 
And so I was post hole digging, setting four by four posts in, and I had the wheelbarrow out. I'm mixing the ready mix, the the, the quick crete, and it starts to sprinkle a little bit. I'm like, oh no, I got to get this these things set, got to get the level on here, get these all set before the rain comes. Starts to rain a little bit harder, and I'm hurrying, getting these post holes, getting the the holes filled, getting the the, the, the four by fours in there. And as the rain's starting to come down harder, and I'm finishing up, I look up at the rain coming down, and up in the tree above me, there's a, a robin in this tree, and this mother robin in her nest had her wings spread out, covering those baby birds, protecting them from the storm. And that's what God does for us. He's our refuge. He protects us from that storm. The second word picture, besides the mother bird protecting with the wings is the, the whole idea that the refuge is a firm foundation. It's, it's a defense against the enemy. Not just storms of life that come at you, but a real live enemy, Satan, the devil, who comes at you. Um, anybody know what this picture is? Drew, you've been there before. What's that picture? That's Masada. That's down by the Dead Sea in Israel. Sorry, Brian and Lisa, you guys didn't get to go there. But this was uh, a palace made by King Herod. And look at this. Drew walked up this road to get there. This place is very, very defensible. It's very difficult to attack. Uh, the word Masada actually in Hebrew means refuge. So this was a refuge. This was a safe place against the enemy. And so it's saying that God not only protects us from the difficult storms of life, but he defends us and shelters us from the enemy. He's that strong tower. Now, will we ever get rained on in life? Yes, but God protects us. He's our refuge. Will we ever get attacked in life? Yes, but God is our strong tower. He's our, our refuge. Life will be difficult, and sometimes it will be extended periods of time, week, months, years of difficulty. But God is righteous. He's our refuge. We can run to him, cling to him, rest in him, because God's righteousness is displayed in that he's working. He's working for your good and for his glory. Verse 3 says that when Ruth walked into the field gleaning, it turned out, I love those words, in quotes, it turned out that she was in Boaz's field. This was no coincidence. God planned that. He orchestrated that. He was working in Ruth's life and Naomi's life for their good, giving them protection, giving them provision. And it was not only for their good, for their future, but it was for his glory. You might say, how is this for his glory? Remember, we're going to look a little bit later, chapter 3, chapter 4. Ruth is going to meet her future husband working in those fields. And Ruth and her future husband, they're going to be the great-grandparents of King David. And they're going to be part of the family tree of Jesus Christ. This was for God's glory. He was planning this whole thing out. He was working for their good, his own glory. God had a plan for Ruth. And God has a good and righteous plan for you and for me. What's God's plan? God's plan is to mature you as a disciple of Jesus on earth. That's his. Now, God's plan for each one of us may not include riches, may not include perfect health. Sometimes his plan is difficulty. Uh, 
You think of folks in other countries who follow after Jesus, who died at an early age because of their faith. That's God's plan. So God's plan is not all roses and bells and whistles and, and balloons on this side of eternity. But what he's doing is he's maturing us, conforming us to the image of Jesus, Romans 8, 28, 29 says, for the other side. The plan, the ultimate plan, is to get rewards in heaven. So difficulties on earth are an opportunity to store up rewards in heaven. Because our time on earth is limited and short in comparison to eternity in heaven. So we use our time now getting ready for later. That's his plan. Live righteously now to be rewarded later. God's Life's road bumps and troubles are opportunities to live righteously and then to be rewarded. And finally, God displayed his righteousness with his never-ending kindness towards you. Verse 20 says that the Lord has not stopped. It's never-ending. He has not stopped showing his kindness to both the living and the dead. While alive on earth, God is continually kind to you. Even if it doesn't feel like it, he's kind and he's working on our behalf for our good, protecting us, providing for us. And then after we die, if we've put our faith in Christ, he has an eternal home for us. He's working in kindness for the dead as well. He rewards us. He gives us grace. He gives us eternal life. It's never ending. We get kindness after we die because of his righteousness. And we're going to close out here. Romans 3, 21 and 22. It's printed at the bottom of your program. A righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. If we put our faith in Jesus Christ, if we believe only in Jesus Christ for forgiveness, we receive God's righteousness. See, what happens is when I believe, when I put my faith in Jesus to forgive me of my unrighteousness, my sin, What happens is he takes all of my sin, all of my unrighteousness, and puts it upon Christ. And so when he died on the cross, he was dying for my sin. It was put on him. And so it's not just my sin's gone now, it's on Christ. Another transaction takes place. He puts his righteousness on me. So all of the the great godly righteous things Jesus did, it's now credited to me. So when God looks at me, he doesn't just see sinless Joel. He sees the righteousness of Christ now put upon Joel. An exchange took place. All of Christ's righteousness has been put on me. As we close, consider uh, the righteousness of Christ for us. We want to thank him for that. But also know that we're called to live righteously, like Boaz, like Ruth. Uh, Last week I gave uh, a passage to read for us for our disciple pathway, Numbers 20 through 25. And as I was reading it this week, I was reading in in, in Numbers 22, verse 32, uh, an angel of the Lord said to, um, to Balaam, he said, I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. And as I was reading that and I was praying, I was asking God, God, don't let me walk down a reckless path. Help me to walk down a righteous path, not a reckless path. And I was praying that for all of you all this week. Lord, that, that we would be people 
who walk down a righteous path, not a reckless path. And then this week, as we try to walk down this righteous path, let's try to walk it uh, like Ruth and Boaz did, with humility, with a work ethic, uh, protecting the weak, hospitality to the needy, uh, and encouragement to other people, speaking life-giving words. And at the same time, we're going to receive God's righteousness and enjoy His righteousness. So where do we go from here this week? How about memorize that Romans 3, 21 and 22, a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Um, some reading for this week, if you don't have a regular reading plan, 1 Thessalonians 1 through 5, and then you can also read Ruth 3, getting ready for, for next week. And then ask God how he would have you live righteously this week. Is it working hard, protecting somebody, providing for someone in need, that hospitality, proclaiming encouraging words. And finally, let's thank God for his righteousness and rest secure in it. Let's pray. Father, I'm really enjoying looking at the life of Ruth and Boaz and, and the work that you're doing there, Father. And I, I ask you to do that same work in our lives, Father. Last week, we looked at loyalty. Help us to be loyal to family, loyal to the faith family, loyal to you. And Lord, help us to walk righteously too. And we thank you for the righteousness of Christ put upon us, transferred, exchanged our unrighteousness for his righteousness. We thank you for that, God. Without that, we have no hope. That's our, that's our, our, our I hate to say our ticket to heaven, Lord, but that's the only way we can get to you. Have eternity in heaven, Lord. And I pray that, that we, our, our, our freedom family here, Lord, that each one of us would walk in righteousness. It's better for us now, and it'll be rewarded later. Um, we ask that you help us to do that, Lord. Um, Lord, to go with us this week, use us this week, protect us, provide for us this week. And uh, just uh, we want to be uh, your people, Lord, who, who know Jesus, follow Jesus, serve Jesus, and obey Jesus. Pray through Jesus.